Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. All through his life, there was these twists and turns and ups and downs, numerous instances he would have thought that God had given up on him or that God wasn't there, that God didn't exist. But he stayed faithful through it all. And he kept living out his life. And then eventually God showed up, kept giving him favor, and then he became married. And that's just a good lesson for all of us. That there just comes a point when, you know what? You can't control everything. And you can't make everything happen for you. There really aren't any guarantees. There comes a point when God, we just need God to intervene into our lives, to intersect. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Every family goes through highs and lows. The list of challenges are endless. Often, it can seem as though there is no way through. But that is not what God has for you. He wants your family to thrive. He wants you to marry well and to be content in that marriage. He wants you to love your spouse as Christ loved the church and to raise your children up in the Lord. Even though God wants these things for us, it can still be difficult to know how our families can become all they are capable of being. In this sermon series, we will hear about the vision God has for our families and what it will take to experience it. Please enjoy the message. One is, we're going to say some things today that I believe you can share with friends of yours, coworkers of yours, family members of yours that are maybe struggling with being single. And you know, you've seen it before, if somebody is, gets to a point where they're a little desperate and they settle, it can be an absolute tragedy, travesty, what it is that happens. And it is so imperative that these people in our lives, these people that we love, find contentment in the season of life. Another reason is because of a a website that I looked at this week. And the website's name was this, The Seven Best Ways to Release a Single. And I thought, isn't that a great title for how parents ought to approach the children in their homes? Because one day, you're going to release that single into the world. And I've got four singles in my home, and I want to do the best job that I possibly can to release those singles out into the world to find the person that inevitably they're going to marry. And I also want to help them to find contentment in the season of life that they're in because if they aren't content, there's a lot of likelihood that they're going to settle for somebody that they should never end up with. And so we ought to be, as parents, we ought to be very passionate about releasing a great single into the world. Now, every producer knows in the music industry, you can't guarantee a record success. In the same way, a parent, I can't, as a parent, I can't guarantee that my children are going to go and marry the right person. But what I can do is set them up for success the best that I possibly can. And so today, we're going to talk about that. How it is that we can set these singles in our homes up for success to specifically be content And really for all of us to be content. And so we're going to look at three characters from the Old Testament who are all single. And we're going to learn a lesson from all of them. The first single that we're going to look at is actually the first single person, the first person that ever came into our world. And that person is Adam. And this is the lesson that we learned from Adam. To maximize the now while you wait on the later. Our tendency in life is to often focus on what's next, what's coming up. And we neglect the now that we are in. You can do that in our lobby area. You're talking to somebody, but you're more focused on the next person that you're going to talk to. And so you're so focused on the next person that you don't really connect with the person that's right in front of you. I know I struggle with that from time to time. And, and it's one of those things that we have to be willing to, focus, to maximize the now 
So that way we don't get so caught up in the later that we neglect the now that God has for us. And how do we learn that from Adam? Well, this is what the scripture tells us. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. So this is Adam. He doesn't have a wife yet. He doesn't have a significant other to help him. He is on his own. But check it out. He still has purpose. And he still has meaning. And God still has a plan for his life. And it's not that Adam is settling for that. That God has him in the perfect place, in this perfect state of his life that he is in. And he is meant to work and to take care of the Garden of Eden. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. And he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. And so the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. And so in this season of life that Adam is in, he doesn't even know an Eve exists. That God has placed him in this perfect position to really be in a place where there's this undivided devotion to God in this season of his life before Eve ever comes into it. And God has given him purpose, and he's given him meaning, and he's given him significance. And again, that's very important for single people to remember or to be reminded of um, or to be told because often you can feel like you haven't arrived yet or that that you're falling short in life because you're not married yet. And that's just not the case at all. And then we go on. And we find the great temptation that all of us face, especially those, again, who are single. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree, trees of life and the tree of, of knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. And so God has given Adam all types of trees that are very pleasing and good. No matter what season of life you're in, there are things around you that are pleasing and that are good that you can take advantage of. And the trick is to not get so focused on the one thing that you can't have or that you can't have yet that you miss out on all the good and pleasing things that are all around you. You know what I'm saying? Here's how this can apply to all of us. I can get so focused on getting my kids to three or four years old when they're self-sustaining, or maybe you're wondering, like, if we can just get to the point where our kids are in school or get to the point where our kids are out of the house, we can finally have some freedom. We can finally get to do some of the things that we want. We can finally be at a place where we get some sleep, or we can finally be at a place where they're not wearing winter clothes in summer and summer clothes in winter. You know, if we just get to that point, that would be great. But you get so focused on the later you miss out on the now. And you will never be content if you're focusing on the later and you're not taking advantage of the now that God has given you. You can get so caught up in a promotion or a new position that you don't make the most out of this, this, this position that you're in right now. And you may still get the promotion and you may still get the new position even if you're focused on it and you don't make the most of this time. But I'll tell you what won't happen is that you, again, won't be content But there are lessons that you can learn in that particular place that you're in or that position that you're in that if you aren't like dialed in and absolutely focused upon it and instead you're focused on the next thing, like you won't learn some of those lessons. And later on down the road, those lessons are going to cost you a lot more then than they would have if you would have learned them in the position that you're in right then, right now. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. 
Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church because it is here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives and we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com for more information. Now let's get back to our program. Sometimes we get so focused on that thing. Sometimes it's friendships. We'll just say to ourselves, well, later on down the road, we'll, we'll make some friends. Again, when we're retired or when the kids are out of the house, then we'll develop some friendships. Or, you know, I'm not really sure where I'm at in life, and we may not be here that long. And so, you know, you're just so focused on the next thing that you neglect the now thing. And you don't develop friendships. And the tragedy in that, whenever you don't have those friendships in the season that you're in, is when life gets hard and you have some struggles, and you really need some people around you to support you, if you're so focused on later on down the road when that's going to happen, what will end up happening is when you need them, they won't be there, or they won't know that they're supposed to be there. And sometimes it's with our faith. We'll say, you know, when I get my life together, then I'll get serious about Jesus. Or, or when, you know, when I get all my questions answered, you know, when I feel like I can actually be, to, be at church on Sundays or on the weekends, then I'll get serious about Jesus. Whenever my life and, and, and who he wants me to be aligned, then I'll, I'll take that step of faith. But if you need Jesus, but if you think that you can get your life together without Jesus, then what do you need Jesus for in the first place? That's what I used to think, 20, 21, 22. Like, well, when my life aligns enough with what it is that he wants for me, then, then I'll get serious about my faith. But the truth is, if you, you will never need a Savior. Like, you don't need a Savior if you think that you can figure it out on your own. But the truth is, none of us can figure it out on our own. And we miss out on the now. And here's, let me show you a picture here, coming back to our singles. Here's a key. And the next to the key, we have a, a key ring. Um, that's one of our generosity trailblazer key rings. And just to tell you what that is, is anybody who sets up a reoccurring gift here at Valley View Christian Church, um, we will send you one of these, one of these key chains um, to be, as you can become a part of that team, that you're blazing this new trail to support the work that God is doing here at Valley View Christian Church, or maybe you're just blazing a new trail in your own life, and you're taking this great step of faith to, to, to begin to give to the Lord regularly. I mean, it's a big deal. So we want to recognize that, and we want you to, you know, we want you to be a part of that, recognize you're part of this group that we affectionately call Generosity Trailblazers. But again, that is attached to a key, and this key doesn't have that ring. This key here, though, it can open doors, it can lock doors, it can open padlocks, it can close padlocks. This key could, could even start a car if it were the right kind of key. This key has purpose, it has meaning, it has significance, it can do everything that it was created to do, and it doesn't have a ring. Now that preaches, come on. <laughs> you don't have to have a ring on your finger to have the significance and the meaningfulness of life and the purpose of life that God has created you to have. The ring ends up being bonus. 
And being married is a wonderful, beautiful thing, and I'm not trying to minimize that. Lord knows that. I'm a married person. But what I am trying to say is that God has amazing things in store for those of us who maybe haven't taken that step yet to be married. Or maybe you were married and you're widowed now or there was a divorce or something happened and you're not together. Like, there are great things that God can still do in your life. And you're not selling yourself short. It's saying that, like, you know what? You can still fulfill your meaning and purpose. And so the first lesson that we learn is um, to maximize the now while we wait on the later. Now, on your notes, there's a lesson about Samson, but I cut that lesson out. We don't have enough time for that lesson. We'll get into Samson was a mess. We'll focus on Samson another day. We're going to go to Joseph. So Joseph's point number two now. Trust God's path and timing. If you don't know the story of Joseph, I mean, it's just this incredible, incredible story of this guy who just goes through ups and downs and twists and turns, and then God gets him in the perfect place. He was single, and then God eventually, and eventually leads him to a place where he's married. The story of Joseph kind of it goes like this. He, his brothers were incredibly jealous of him. And so they sell him off into slavery. He ends up with a man named Potiphar. And, and Potiphar realizes that Joseph has like some incredible capacity. He's a very high capacity guy. And so Potiphar sets him to manage and oversee all of his property. And Potiphar owned a lot of property. But Potiphar wasn't the only one who liked Joseph. Potiphar's wife liked, jo liked Joseph as well. And so she tries to seduce Joseph on multiple occasions. And eventually it gets to a point where Joseph is running away from her, and then Potiphar's wife accuses him of rape, or accuses him of attempting to rape her. And then Potiphar is put in a position, my opinion is, is that Potiphar didn't really believe his wife. He kind of knew Joseph well enough at that point that something like this wouldn't happen, but he had to do something. And so Joseph is sent to prison. The text says this, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him, and he showed him kindness and granted him favor. This is so important because in these moments, when it seems like we're most alone, we can forget that God is still with us. In these moments when we're most down, we can be tempted to actually give in to the temptation that was Potiphar's wife. And it's in those moments that we've got to remember that God is with us, he has control of our path, and when timing is perfect, it's all going to work out. And sure enough, with Joseph, that's exactly what happened. He's eventually drawn out of the prison, brought in front of Pharaoh, asked to interpret Pharaoh's dream. He does that, and then Pharaoh realizes, like, he's, he's got a pretty good guy here. And so he promotes Joseph on up to be the, uh, basically the COO of Egypt, and he's managing all the operations of this empire. And when that happens... The Pharaoh says this, And Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, the king over everyone in Egypt, but no one else in Egypt can lift a hand or move a foot unless you say he can. He gave Joseph a wife named Ashenath. And it was at that point that Joseph was married. All through his life, there was these twists and turns and ups and downs. Numerous instances he would have thought that God had given up on him or that God wasn't there, or that God didn't exist. But he stayed faithful through it all. And he kept living out his life, and then eventually God showed up, kept giving him favor, and then he became married. And that's just a good lesson for all of us, that there just comes a point when, you know what, you can't control everything, and you can't make everything happen for you. There really aren't any guarantees. There comes a point when God, we just need God to intervene into our lives, to intersect. 
Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, Thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designate a gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 10.30 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. Now I won't get into all the dysfunction of my dating when I dated, but uh, it was 11 years ago, but I'll tell you a little bit. My wife and I have been together for 11 years. We've been married for 10 Um, But I'll tell you a little bit of some of the lessons that I learned after I became a Christian at 22. So I become a Christian at 22, and I'm basically a missionary at that point because everybody around me, nobody believes in Jesus. And so I started dating this girl who wasn't a Christian. And as I'm dating her, I realize, like, oh, man, like, your values don't align with my values, and and I don't want to align with your values, and so, and you're a little crazy. So this, and she was, she was a little crazy, and so I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stay away from you, and I'm gonna focus, I'm gonna just date Christians, because they, they would have the same values as me, and, and they're not gonna be as crazy as you were, and so I'm only gonna date Christians. Then I go, eventually I meet this girl as a Christian, and I start dating her, and, and, and I think our values are aligning, but then, like, I start seeing some of the things she's doing and saying, and I realize, like, there's a difference between a Christian and a Christian, and then she was a little crazy, and I realized, like, crazy doesn't discriminate. Christian, non-Christian. Like, I'm like, what's going on? And I'm still trying. I'm young. I'm trying to figure all this out. I don't know what's going on. I'm like 23, 24. And so that whole thing falls apart. And, and I'm just sort of stumbling through it, just trying to make the most out of this season of life that I'm in. And then I met a girl who's a real Christian girl. She's a real Christian. And I'm a real Christian. And I think, like, this is going to work. And then she came to me and said, this isn't going to work. <laughs> like, wait, hold on. The formula was, if you're a real Christian and I'm a real Christian, this has got to work. And it was at that point that I learned this same lesson of Joseph's life. That you can have the formula, you can have all the tips and tricks on meeting the right person, but there just comes a point where you have to have faith. And yet you have to, have, you have to trust God's timing and God's path for your life. And that can be true with your career, That can be true with your kids. That can be true with your health. That can be true with where you live. It can be true with every area of your life. There just comes a point where you can do everything that you can do, but there just comes a point where you just got to have faith in the Lord that he's going to work all of this out for the good. And even when the circumstances around us aren't good, that he is still with us. And so in Joseph's case, we learn that we have to trust God's timing and his path for our lives. The next lesson that we learn is from a woman named Ruth. And the lesson that we learned from Ruth is this. To give to others what you want for yourself. It's what we call the boomerang effect. Like whatever that thing is that you want, you need to give it. You need to give it to somebody else if you're going to get it. Now the story of Ruth goes like this. There's a woman named Naomi. And Naomi has two sons. And both sons die. And so Naomi is left with two ex-daughter-in-laws, Ruth and Orpah. And 
Naomi says to her daughter-in-laws, I want you to go back to your homeland to remarry and have families there. Orpah takes her up on that. Ruth doesn't. Ruth decides to stay with Naomi. This is what the scripture says. At this they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. And so Ruth stays with Naomi. And then they return back to Naomi's homeland, which is where the other Israelites were. The Israelites were given a directive to always leave behind some of the harvest when you were bringing in the harvest. And the purpose of leaving some of the harvest behind, the gleanings, was to take care of the widows, the orphans, the poor, and the hungry. Well, Ruth and Naomi are both widows. And so Ruth picks a field, and she begins to travel behind these harvesters, picking up these gleanings, and to take them back to Naomi to take care of her. And so she's serving her as well. And this is what the Bible says from there. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in the field belonging to a man named Boaz. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, Who does that young woman belong to? The overseer replied, She is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in any other field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. And so what happens from here is Boaz and Ruth actually end up becoming married. And how is it that they became married? Well, Ruth gave Naomi a relationship. And then Boaz, because she gave Naomi a relationship, she got a relationship in return from Boaz. And as Boaz saw Ruth serving Naomi, caring for Naomi, he saw the character and the faith of of, uh, Ruth, then Boaz wanted to be with her. But if Ruth wouldn't have been willing to give the relationship to Naomi and stay with her, then she never would have met Boaz. You have to give in order to get. That's the principle we're talking about here. And if you you don't know, Ruth actually becomes the great-grandmother of King David. And through the line of King David would would come our Savior, Jesus. And Jesus said these words in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Give. Give is often the word that we focus there. And it's an important word to focus on. But we forget about the it. If you give it, then it will be given back to you. And what are the things that we need to give? Well, we can give a lot of things. You can give of your finances. I know a lot of people that want financial peace. But I've never met anybody with financial peace that wasn't also generous. As you give, then it comes back to you what it is that you so desperately desire. If you want a positive environment, you need to give into an environment and make it positive. If you want people to like you, then you need to like people. And I'm not just talking about your Facebook account. But if you want people to like your Facebook account and your photos, then you need to like their photos. It works that way too. Your child's faith. If you want your child to have faith, then you need to give your faith into them. And then in return, what you want, your child will then have faith. But you have to give your faith to them if you want to get that back from them. And the greatest example of this is God. That God wanted everyone to be a child of his. And so what did he do? He gave us his child, his one and only child. That he, for God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus. That who shall ever believe in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That he wasn't going to get us back to him until he gave his son to us. 
And that's why Galatians says this. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. And some of you, you know, maybe you're in your maybe you're in your 20s and it feels like you've been single forever. Or you're in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, and it's like it's never going to happen that you're never going to meet that person you've been waiting for so long. Or, or maybe you're at a point in life where it just doesn't ever seem like it's going to happen. There are all kinds of scriptures in the Bible that speak to God acting suddenly. It's just sometimes it takes him a while to act suddenly. And so my word of encouragement is to keep the faith, to stay true to him, to trust that he really does have a hold of your life and he is with you. Maximize the now while you wait for the later. Trust God's path and timing. Give to others what you want for yourself. And I think that if we do these things, we can find contentment, especially if we're single. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the example that you set for us, Lord, in that we ought to love because you first loved us. Lord, you reached out to us, and so, Lord, because of that, we can have faith. We, have, we can become a child of yours through our faith in Jesus. Help us, Lord, to be content, Lord, to not settle whatever, in whatever areas of our lives that we may be struggling with contentment. And God, we are just so grateful for Jesus. Again, we pray this in his name. Amen. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.